0: Bismillah rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu wa barak alal ashwaf al-anbiya wa mursaleen Nabiya Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Alhamdulillah, we have now reached uh, the next hadith which is our uh, naum. Uh, it's the fifth and sixth hadith of this collection. So hadith number five and hadith number six. And uh, the reason why these two hadith are mentioned together is due to the fact that they cover the exact same topic and they deal with the exact same affair. And that affair being يعني, the affair of Shirk, the associated partners of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And يعني إس عقوبة، the punishment for it. and so the first hadith is an إبن مسعود رضي الله عنه أن عن رَسُولُ الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من مات وهو يدعو من دون الله نددا دخل النار راهب بخاري وأن جابر من لقي الله لا يُشْرِكْ به شيئا دخل الجنة ومن لقيه به شيئا دخل النار راه مسلم so the hadith mentions of Ibn Sa'ud the first one that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said Whoever dies was calling upon Abnu Allah then yani calling upon Abnu Allah yani calling upon a deity Abnu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enter the fire this hadith was found in Sahih Bukhari. And the next narration, which is found in Sahih Muslim, of Jabir, where it mentions whoever meets Allah, not associate anything in partnership with Him, will enter Jannah. And whoever meets Him, meets Allah, whilst they have associated partners with him, then he will enter the fire. so this hadith is found in Sahih Muslim. And this hadith is found in Sahih Muslim. As for the narrator of the first hadith, then it says, and he was message Ibn Abbas, then this is Abdullah, or Ibn Mas'ud, then this so is, is, is Abdullah, Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn rafil Ibn Habib, al Hadli. So his name is Abdullah, Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn rafil Habib al and his kunya was Abu Abdul Rahman. He was from the amongst the Kibar ulama of the companions. And he died in the year 32 after the Hijra. So died in the year 32 after the Hijra in Medina. The next the the second hadith is Jabir ibn Abdullah. He is Jabir ibn Abdullah. His name is Jabir ibn Abdullah, ibn Amr, ibn Haram, al Ansari. So from is from Mansa Ansar. Jabir ibn Abdullah is from the Ansar. And he was a Sahabi, Ibn Sahabi as well. So he was a companion himself, Jabir, and his father, Abdullah Abdullah Ibn Amr, was a companion. And he fought along with the Prophet ﷺ in 19 battles. And he died after the 73 70 year of the Hijrah in Medina. So let's narrate of the second hadith. As for the wordings, the terminology is found in this narration. And in relation to the terminology, it's referred to as what? Do you remember? The, the, the term, <laughs> the al Hadith. So and what is the gharib al Hadith? If we say that that what we, we look at the Gharib al Hadith, what does it mean exactly? A specific wordings so the wording, The wordings? Is, is it always just a word? The definition of the word. Definition of a word and phrases. So it could be, be specific words and phrases that are found within that narration. Naam. And an explanation of them. Why? Because a word, it may mean one thing in one place, but within the context of the hadith, that particular hadith, it has a different meaning. It carries a different meaning. And so due to that, this is why we uh, have this particular aspect of the explanation of hadith, which is the gharib al-hadith. And there are books, you know, offered in this. From them, we mentioned one. We mentioned a book that is that is uh, mentioned in this particular topic. I'll give you a clue. It wasn't. It doesn't. It's not the bidaya. The bidaya. The bidaya. nihayah nihay- nihay- b-i minaathir, نعم. The bidaya okay. al That's what the with this hadith. Then first and foremost, we mentioned the word that dua this is a talab well ragba wa ragba. Anywhere a person, he makes a request or he seeks of desire. Wnid this is a rival or a deity of Allah. That's something that something which is likened. So when a person calls upon Allah, then it's referred to as a nid. Naam, because the person by way of the action. Are likening it to Allah Taala, and setting up that particular thing or item they're worshipping as an, as a rival alongside Allah Taala. Thereafter, we have the mention of ashirk. A shirk. is to set up a rival along with Allah in terms of ibadah. For come Allah, he calls upon it just as he should call upon Allah. Or you're or going to or able to be able he be able to he able to Or he to be or he be able to be able to be able to be able or he directs to be able to be able to be الشِّرْكُ الَّذِي لَا يَبْقَى مَعَ صَاحِبِهِ مِنَ So this is the shirk, which means that anyone that falls into it, then they do not have anything left of Tawheed. So here, al-Shaykh Rabir, he has discussed and described the affair of يعني a shirk set up a rival alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Allah. So first and foremost he mentions and his an example in the dua. dua, a As You know the dua is an action. Na'am, action action that emanates essentially from the limbs and the tongue. Naam And thereafter the Sheikh mentions in his uh, his definition that he fears just as he, as he should fear Allah. Or he has hope just as he should hope from Allah. Or he has love just as he should love Allah. Naam. And all of these forms of ibadah emanate from where? Having, having fear, having hope, having love. From the heart, from the qalb. So we understand from this definition here is that it's a comprehensive definition. It's comprehensive because it covers all forms of ibadah. Any form of ibadah is directed to Allah. Naam. These anthilah that are given, the examples that are given, then they are examples that are comprehensive because it covers the the actions that are done with with the limbs or the tongue as well as the heart. Any of these actions that are ibadah and they're directed to Allah, then this now is shirk. Now, I have this, this is shirk Allah As we do the meaning of the hadith, then, with this, it, underst- <coughs> it clarifies that du'a, the status of, status of du'a, and it's an of the of the, the greatest form of the ibadat. وَعَظَمْ حُقُوقِ لا and the grace of the rights of Allah. And if we understand that if a person directs anything from Ibadah to other Allah, then the person has become by way of it a mushriq. And he's taken alongside Allah the arrival and a comparator. And so, this no doubt is a rejection of Allah Ta'ala. The prophets, a denial of the messengers. A denial of the messengers. <coughs> and we understand the, the great nature of dua by way of the nasus, the texts. From them, the Hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where he mentions du'a is ibadah. Du'a is ibadah. We say, "In the name of Allah, Taala." And your Lord stated, "Call upon Me, and I will answer your call." We say, "In Taala." And you do not call upon Allah, and He will not fail you, nor will He delay. وَلَا تدعو مع دون اللَّهِ مَا لا ينفقك وَلَا يدره. فَإِن فَعَلْتَ فِإِنَّكَ إِذَاً مِنَ الظالمين. Allah Ta'ala mentions and do not call cool upon besides Allah that which does not benefit you nor harm you. And if you to do so then indeed you are from amongst the wrongdoers. <laughs> And do not call upon other than Allah Ta'ala, another deity, that she may be from those that will receive the punishment. And so, what is understood from this narration, barakallahu feekum, is that the individual that calls upon other than Allah and his ayats, I mentioned this, the individual calls upon Allah, then this is first of all shirk, and the one that dies upon shirk necessitates that this individual will be yani, punished within the hellfire. Here's why you have the statement of, or the statement of, in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, Man mat i.e. whoever dies, so he dies in that state. He dies in the state, whilst calling upon other Allah. He dies in the state of shirk. Did not wish it necessitates that the individual went to the hellfire. Likewise, the statement of Jabir, or the statement in the hadith of Jabir, where it mentions man Allah, whoever meets Allah. And then no doubt, when referring to the one that meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the the, the the liqa occurs after death. And so the mention of the meeting of Allah is one which is referring to the one that dies again, dies in that state. And so, again what we understand from these two narrations as well is that this particular punishment is reserved for the one that dies in that state. The one that dies in that state. Not for the one, for example, that may have fallen into it but makes tawbah from it. And frees himself from it. And declares his kufr. Of. Yani shirk. And his disbelief in shirk. And his rejection of shirk. This is different. It's not the same. As the one. Of course that. Falls into that shirk. And remains upon it. And dies upon it. And so these texts. All clarify that particular affair. And it's clarity for the one that Allah ta'ala gives insight to. And has illuminated his heart in understanding. And that's understand for the one that turns away from ibadah, as Allah Ta'ala mentions. And that's for the one that turns away from my worship. The worship of Allah Ta'ala. Then indeed they will enter into jahannam in a state of humiliation. And so... Allah Ta'ala has mentioned with this, and with the narration of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has mentioned, the threat for the one that calls upon other, other than Allah Ta'ala, that he will enter the fire. Now, due to the, the clear narration, Man Whoever dies and calls upon other than Allah, a deity, then went to the fire. That which you understand that Mr. Fid al-Hadith is Makanatul dua wa The says of dua, and that is from the greatest forms of ibadah that was Allah taala. Like what we benefit from the narration as well is that du'a shirkim wazul ma jasiem. that Calling upon Oven Allah is a major form of shirk and a great transgression. And the third is Man Yad'u غير Allah Layser hu Jaza illa nar in mat ala dharik. And whoever calls upon Oven Allah, then there's no recompense for him. if. He dies upon that. So if a kusma Allah, there's no recompense for him. If he dies upon that. So then, thereafter we have... And that's the end of the, the explanation, that particular narration. Thereafter we have the next narration. Asabi wa thamin. The seventh and eighth. Again... Two separate narrations, two separate narratives, however, they are, or they cover the same affair, discuss the same affair. So, thus, this is why the sheikh mentions mentions them, يعani, one alongside the other. So, the first narration is An Anas, radiallahu anhu, qal, nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fukal Kay for Yofli Khum Shachunabi Yahum Fazila Tila Ayah Laysalakamila Amr Milan Amrish And this is a narration which is found in Bukhari Muslim Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah and the S and the Mustad ibn Muhammad. Thereafter you have the next narration which is narration of Ibn Umar. And as I mentioned, I mentioned, I said, I said, I said, I Rafa I said, I said, I said, I al I said, 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 al this particular narration, is in Bukhari, Nisai, Ahmed, and Tirmidhi. So the first narration, is the narration of Anas ibn malik where he mentions that the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam was wounded and struck upon the head. In yani the Yom in the Battle of Uhud, which was which year, ikhwan? I believe we mentioned it last week. So the year of Hijrah. As for obvious I don't know that. The Hijrah, though. Third year. now Why do you know it's the third year? After It's after Badr, which was now Because we know that this was a retaliation from the Battle of Badr. Naam The Battle of Badr, was the second year, which month? Ramadan. And then, the battle of Uhud occurred in the third year, which month? Shawwan. Shawwan. Naam. And so, thus, <coughs> this narration it mentions this occurred, yani, al- يوم So, on the, the, the time of the, the battle of Uhud. So, Nabi was struck upon the face, was struck in the, had received a head injury, to the extent that it broke his tooth. Is Molotov. And the Prophet he mentioned, how can a people be successful whilst they strike and harm their Prophet? And thus the ayah was revealed that you do not have or any concern or, or control of the affair. And ayah found the Surah Al-Imran. This affair is not one which is of your concern. It means you don't have control over it. And with this, Barakul Al this particular narration and the narration that we'll read after as well is referred to as what in relation to the science of tafsir? From the one? Asbab al Nuzul now. Min Asbab al Nuzul now so from the reasons why an ayah has been revealed now so you have this ayah and this ayah has a particular reason why it's been revealed the reason why it's revealed is due to the statement in response to the statement of the prophet وسلم, regarding Yaani, sending, regarding how can the people become successful <coughs> whilst they injure harm the prophet and so this is from the asbab and you find this when you read through the books of Tafsir, they will mention ayats. When you read through the ayats, there will be narrations that mention the story behind why a particular ayat is revealed. And this is a book regarding yani, the reasons for the narrations being, or the reason for some uh, ayats being revealed. There's an excellent book in that topic by Sheikh Muqbil, which is called simply Sahih Asba'bun-Nuzul. It is authentic. Narration regarding the reasons why, the yani, Ayat and Revolt. And I believe it's translated to English as well. No one best, but it's, it's definitely, def- of course, Arabic. But I believe it's translated to English as well. Sahih Asbabu Nuzul by Sheikh Muqbin Now, then we have the second narration. The second narration, where it mentions either the narration of Ibn Umar, was Huma, where he mentions that he heard the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu say, when he raised his head after the ruku' in the final raka'ah of salatul fajr, he heard him say, "Ala ilan fulan wa fulani." Oh Allah, may Your curse be upon so and so and so and so. After stating, "Sami liman hamida," Rabbana wa lakal and thus he, re- he revealed, Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayah, lays alaq ibn amni shaykh, the ayah, aforementioned ayah. And another, another narration, it mentions that he made, the, the narration, it mentions that the Prophet made dua against Safwan ibn Umayyah, Suhail ibn Amr, and Harif ibn Hisham. Naham, um, these names are, these three names are significant. We'll mention after why. So, the first one is Suf- uh, Safwan ibn Umayy. The second, Suhail ibn Amr. The third, Al Al-Harith ibn Hisham. Al harith ibn Hisham. Thus, this ayah was revealed. Thus, this ayah was revealed. And it's this particular. Narrations from Bukhari, Nasa'i, Ahmad and Tirmidhi. What you find here is that both narrations are mentioning the same affair. Naam, the same affair. I had the perfect, Prophet mentioned something, and then Allah Ta'ala revealed an ayah in response to it. Naam. So the Prophet mentioned something, then Allah to read an ayah in response to what he alayhi salatu Wasallam, mentions. Now what we understand from that is that even though it's the same occurrence, now there's different wordings that are found within it. And we've mentioned previously, how does, what is what is one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why you may have a same narration but different words? Say narration, different words. Why? Different people narrating. Different people narrating? No. Something else? Uhud mentioned the same thing two times. Mentioned the same thing two times, but do you remember this now, the exact same occurrence. <coughs> so it couldn't have been, because it's only one day of Uhud. No? with a different meaning, the same meaning, or like different I think you're correct, but I, I'll I think you say it again, so. It with the same meaning different wording. So they the, so they're narrated from the Prophet with yeah. the exact same meaning but use different wording? Yeah. Yeah. Is that essentially what it is? That from the, the affair of narrating a hadith by meaning is permissible. No? So narrating a hadith, as long as you as long as you have narrated that a hadith by its specific and precise meaning, then this is permissible. Naam. And, but what you find as a result of narrating by meaning, is that you're going to eventually have different words for the exact same thing that occurred, the exact same meaning of, the, of what has occurred. Naam. So I, if I said, for example, Khalid went to the shops. Naam. And I told, I told Nasir, Khalid went to the shops. Naam. And then I told Hamza, Khalid went to the store and Nasir tells Mahmud, "Khalid went to the shops. Hamza tells Abu Khalid, "Khalid went to the store. When eventually it's written down, then it's gonna be the exact same thing. Naam, however, on those that are narrated from Hamza, it's going to, they're gonna say, "Khalid went to the store. Those that are narrated from Nasir, they're gonna say, "Khalid went to the shops. But is that the same thing happened? Naam, so when you find these narrations, the narrations will mention the same thing but maybe different words. Naam. Why do we know it's permissible to narrate by meaning? Why? What's the strongest proof that we can say we can narrate narrations by meaning? The kindly did it. <coughs> Naam. That's a very strong proof. i have even stronger though. the rating that the was reading? No. Something stronger than that. <coughs> Hadith. Hadith. From me. Going from you. Okay. So then, how's that proof? So it's what do you have? Share it. You did not forbid it? No. Sorry. Something, something even more potent than that. Something to do with da'wah. So to do with it being given in different languages? No. Because the Prophet he would, com- he would he would command people to convey da'wah to their people. No. And it's not necessary that the da'wah being conveyed to their people would be in Arabic. So if you're conveying from the Prophet directly from him, then you're gonna to convey to this to whoever the Qom is in their language, in their Lugha. And that language might not be Arabic but now you're going to narrate from the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in that language. So you're not narrating in, in Arabic, you're going to narrate by its meaning. So, and so this is why we understand that it's permissible, generally speaking, to narrate a hadith by its meaning. Now. Can you use the Quran as evidence too? Quran how? Some stories of the Amir, Allah mentioned a couple of times, and mentioned in... Different ways, some of the stories. Uh, the fact that the the same stories are mentioned in different ways, yes, yes, yes. not necessarily because it's because it's the set because it was with Quran we have to stick to the wording. No, no, I mean that. I'm not talking about. The... I know, I know what you mean, but in terms of because it's the same, because it's because it's Quran, <laughs> it's a case of we we bound by, we're bound by the wording. So even though it's a, it's the same story but different wording, we're bound by that wording. But with hadith now, we're not bound by, we're not bound by the wording, if talk, even if we're talking about the same affair, if that makes sense. So it, 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 it could, you could say necessarily that you, you can mention the same thing with different wordings, as is found in the Quran. But at the same time, no. Can one say that Allah did this so that we can uh, I haven't heard it said before, so I don't know. Allah knows. na'am so as for the narrators of this hadith. As to the narrators of these hadith, the first narrator is Anas ibn Malik al Ansari al Khazraji. Sahib al Rasul illahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa Wa khadimihi. And so, the first narrator is Anas ibn Malik al Ansari, the companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's the servant, the one that was at his service. And he was at the service of the Prophet, for a period of ten years. And he's from amongst the muqthireen of the companions. He's amongst the muqthireen of the companions. And the muqthireen of the companions are who? Or what, what, what makes someone from us Or the companions? Rated 1,000 hadith or more. Now I'm rated over 1,000 hadith. And how many companions are they that did so? Seven. There's seven. now. And who are they? <coughs> Aisha one. Abu Hurairah is one. Ibn Umar is one. Ibn Abbas is one. now? Abu Sa'id. Abu Sa'id al Khudri is one. And Malik, al course, is one. And Jabril al Abdullah. These are the seven. now And. Anas ibn Marik. Radio Anhu. He died in Basra. And he had reached over the age of 100. So he was from one of the only companions that lived over the age of 100. At the point of death. now Lived over the age of 100. Radio Anhu. As we narrate to the second hadith, then this is Abdullah ibn Umar, al Qurshi, al Adawi. And he was from amongst those that embraced Islam in Mecca. He embraced Islam in Mecca along with his father, Umar ibn Khattab, Rajawa and Huma. And he made hijrah at the age of 10. And he witnessed the Battle of Khandaq. He witnessed the Battle of Khandaq and What's the Battle of Khandaq? Trenches. Trenches. Do you know what it's also referred to? The Battle of Ahzab. Battle of Khandaq and Ahzab. Nam. And why does it have these, this particular term? The trenches, why? They dug a trench round Medina as what? Well. Why? No, it's an action of defence, an action of defence to stop there. The Mushrikin, is it the sort no. of Mushrikin? Sort of Mushrikin? No. Subyehud, no. all of them. No. no, so it's all of them. So, the battle of Khandaq is, is referred to the battle of Khandaq, the battle regarding the trench digging of the trenches. Why? Because they dug the trenches, now as an action of defense, stopping the, stopping the the yahud, or the ahzab essentially, coming and attacking. Now as action defense, so they couldn't proceed further. When it comes to the mention of uh, the ahzab, now why is it referred to as the ahzab, the Battle of Ahzab? Confederates, na'am. Confederates. Na'am. So they they had Ahzab in terms of, Ahzab is plural of what? Which word? Hizb. Na'am, she had a Hizb and a Hizb. She had all these different groups. And so they came together, na'am, due to their opposition to the Muslims. Na'am. And so this is the battle that is mentioned that uh, um, uh, Abdullah ibn Umar was present at. Na'am, the battle which Abdullah ibn Umar was present at. Why is it not mentioned here, Sheikh Rabia, it doesn't mention that he was present at the Battle of Badr? Or Battle of Uhud? He was too young. Now, nah. He was too young. And at what age was he permitted to go? To fight? At the age of 15. And the narration mentions that Ibn Umar sought to fight and he was given that permission at the age of 15. And so this particular narration is used as a proof of what? Puberty, naam. That the person, if there's no other signs of puberty, then the final sign is that they reach the age of 15. Naam. And that the one that is balik is able to go to battle. And Ibn Umar was balik I, by reaching the age of 15. Now And so, it mentions that he witnessed the battle of Khandaq and, that, and everything that occurred after that he's was amongst the best of the companions, and he was lazim al Sunnah. He was an individual that clung to the Sunnah and adhered to the Sunnah. I would flee from bidah, as well as being a sincere advisor for the ummah. And he died in the year seventy four after the Hijra. Was not I know? Was I as for the general wordings of this hadith, when it mentions Shajjah and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was struck upon the face, was struck upon the head. And so, it's referring to the wound, the jarh upon the face. And so the is referring to, yani, any striking upon that part of the body but thereafter sometimes it's referred to now as any form of strike any form of wounding the Rabaiyyah is referring to the Anid teeth, or the Mawla and it refers to the Rabaiyyah why? because there are four. there are four of them Al-falah is referring to al-fawz, bil matlub al-a'zam. Yani al-fawz, yani the only person attaining success with the greatest thing that they seek. Yani Jannah and the likes of that. wal the word la'an, is referring to tarz, wal-ib'ad min Allah, yani the rejection, and being distanced away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When it comes to the khalq, yeah, oh, when it comes to the khalq, then he said that the, the person is cursed, and even du'a against them. Likewise, some also discuss the meaning of Latin to be that the individual is distanced away from the rahmah of Allah. Na'am, that the person is distanced away from the rahmah, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so as for the general wording of this narration, or general uh, meaning of this narration, then the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam entered into the battle on the day of Uhud against against the enemies of Allah. (inaudible) In the Moshikim. So these Mushrikeen, from the Mushrikeen in this regard, these were the individuals that lost in that first battle. In the battle of Badr. However, due to the makhalafa of some of the Jaysh, so some of the army, due to the fact that they opposed the command of the Prophet wasallam. And due to a hikmah, a reason that Allah Ta'ala ordained upon the Muslims on that day, the affair turned upon the Muslims. I regarded the Battle of Uhud. And some of the companions were martyred. And some of the companions were martyred, they were killed. And the Prophet Sallallahu himself, was wounded. And so he stated, Sallallahu Alaihi regarding يعني, any success coming to these individuals. How can a people become successful? whilst they injure harm their prophet. And then thereafter, he made dua against some of them, the the from amongst them, and a the jama'ah, a group from amongst them, made dua against them. And so, thereafter, Allah Ta'ala reveals the ayah, لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنْ عَمْرِي شَيْيًّ أَيُتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ أَوْ يُعَذِّبُهُمْ فِي ظَالِمُونَ thereafter, Allah Ta'ala reveals the ayah, that their affairs are no concern to you, nor is it for you to accept their repentance, or to punish them, for indeed they are wrongdoers. Ay Allah <laughs> Ta'ala, has distanced these affairs from the Prophet in relation to the mulk, the ownership of dominion, the ownership of what occurs within the creation. For indeed, Allah Ta'ala is Rabbal Alamin, is Alim Al-Khabir, Al-Malik al Mutasarrif. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, He is the one that has all knowledge and all informed of what occurs within the creation. He is the one that fulfills everything that occurs within the creation. And so, even Naam, even the best of creation, the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even with his affair, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions is in a, in, a, in response to what he mentioned, to his in response to it, that the affair is not with you. So, if that's the case of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Naam, فما ba'alakm bi dunnihi. So what about, would you consider relation to those that are lesser than him? Are those that are lesser than him? Yani everyone. That when it comes to that affair of going to these individuals, asking them, calling upon them, Yani come. when it comes to things that they do not have any control over, of course this is Bahtin. For indeed Allah Ta'ala mentioned to the Nabi Aleyhi Salatu do not have control of this affair. And so, what makes this even clearer is that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi made dua against these individuals, individuals that I mentioned within the narration. <laughs> الله بهم الدنيا الله الله أمم أيديهم فهل يكون من أقل من يعتقد في رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أو غيره أنه يعلم الغيب في القوم؟ So these individuals that the, that the Prophet says in the mean again, against were amongst them Allah Ta'ala... Ordained that he guided them. And the same individual guided to Islam. They weren't just guided to Islam. They became from the amongst the best of the Jannur of the Muslims. So they were from the amongst the Jannur of the Kuffar, the, the Quraysh, the Mushrikeen, and they became from, from, came from amongst the best of the army of the Muslims. So what Allah Ta'ala ordained. And uh, Allah Ta'ala allowed by way of them by the hands of these individuals, Allah Ta'ala opened up the dunya and nations. Yani for the Muslims. So is it possible that anyone from amongst the uqala, anyone with sound intellect, can say that they have the creed, that they believe in relation to the Messenger of Allah, that he knows the unseen, or that he fulfills actions within the creation. And it's impossible that someone can say, again, that one that is akin, can say that he seeks refuge in other than Allah, in times of hardship, or removal of harms? For indeed, no doubt, all of these fears are with Allah Ta'ala alone. And so this is what is mentioned, this is why this particular hadith is pertinent, and Allah Ta'ala knows best. So the same individual, you mentioned them, their the names, the same individuals. Prophet made dua against them in that particular wording. Those that are guided to Islam. I came from uh, the best of the Muslims. And so this shows that of course, the Nabi Alayhi Salatu does not have knowledge of the ghaib. That which will occur, if the messenger of Allah Sallallahu has knowledge of that which will occur, it's from, it's from Allah, it's from the wahi of Allah. And it's not unrestricted knowledge of the unseen. Or unrestricted knowledge of that which will occur after. It's from the wahi. It's from the revelation. For we, did, we know that in the Nabi alayhi sallallahu alayhi would not have made the against to the individuals if we knew that they would come from the best of the Muslims. And so, the knowledge of the unseen is with Allah Ta'ala. The sign of prophecy no doubt that's with the Nabi alayhi sallallahu alayhi us But what Allah Ta'ala is revealed to him. And that this knowledge of that which will occur later on is not any absolute. The as they say. That's for the benefit of this narration. Then the first of the benefits we can find is that what will occur are hardships and tests Upon the Ambiya. The Ambiya, the the prophets will face tribulations. And that they are from Bashar. They are from amongst mankind. And they will face the, the tests of the dunya. The trials and tests of the dunya. And face the tests that mankind face. Why could they make look? now nah, they are all the prophets, all the prophets and messengers. They're created, and that they are those that are sustained. And so, an individual should not be put to trial. Yani due to the fact that they perform miracles and should allow the shaitan to deceive them just as he deceived the nasara, the Christians or other than them these prophets and messengers are from mankind and they face the trials that mankind will face when and these trials are even more so but we do not ascribe anything to them which they did not ascribe to themselves, or Allah did not ascribe to them. <laughs> and the second benefit is the mashru'iyatul kunud fi nawazil. That is permissible to do the dua of Yani in the nawazil, when a current affair is occurring. Naam. And we take that benefit from which narration? Which of these narrations? The second. The second which is the one of Ibn Umar. Now, as it mentions, that he heard the Prophet ﷺ say this particular dua after the, the statement, Sami Allahu <laughs> Liman So we understand from that. Is that this was yani, this dua wasn't just part of him coming up from Rukot, but it was his kunut. Now likewise as well, this can be used as a delil to say that the kunut is after the a Well Alta know's best. Now because this mentions after that. The narration mentions after that. And this is the in the Mushru'iatin Nawazin, the person can make this particular dua and the it And that which is apparent is that the kunut can be done for al Fajr as this is what it was done in this particular narration. Allah Ta'ala was blessed. The third benefit is that is the jawaz, you have this permissibility of dua. Qur, y'ani make a dua against the mushrikeen. Y'ani, it's permissible to make dua against the by way of them specifically. In the ayan. by way of them specifically. And within the salah, and this does not affect the salah. So you can make dua against them. The fourth is, as we mentioned, the affair of the murk that the dominion belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that Allah ta'ala made dua against the mushrikeen. Naam. However, this dua was not accepted. Rather, Allah Ta'ala guide them to imam. And so we know that this is, this is the, fact, the fact that the Prophet sallallahu intended or made dua in a particular manner. Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayah. And thereafter also guided these individuals. So we know that anything that occurs within this dunya ultimately is within the control of Allah Ta'ala. And none other than him. Allah Ta'ala knows best. I will conclude... وفتر بارك الله فيكم وجزاكم خيرا وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم